Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to church. So I just want to kind of remind everybody with a little song, I'm not going to sing, um, that this truly is... Go on, Sam. Name that tune. It's the most... I'm going to turn myself off while I sing. I can't remember the words, but I am playing this to remind you that it is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. So when we are stood in ridiculous queues or stuck in traffic, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. When there is that quiet aggression that you see in the parents' eyes because you want front row at your kids' nativity. And you know, we, we were stood outside the uh, local church in the village where Charlotte goes to school a couple of weeks back and all these parents are lined up. And boy, you know that in a moment they will take you down for the front <laughs> row. And you're all stood smiling at each other and you're like, your card is marked because I am going to see my Charlotte on the front row and you can see you can like feel it like like a tremor underneath that they are they will they will trample you for the front row but it's the most wonderful time of the year and then there's the present wrapping marathon okay like i promise you like it is a marathon barry he do, you will wrap presents but you're probably better with a gift bag aren't you yeah. to put the thing in okay i wrap the presents you can never find the end to the sellotape when you find the sellotape, that is. I actually went and bought four new rolls yesterday because I'm like, I can guarantee I'm never going to find the sellotape. You can never find the scissors. You can never find your wrapping paper. And you know that you've got this marathon of Christmas presents to wrap. And then there's the Christmas dinner. You are going to do a great British bake-off edition of a roast dinner <laughs> like you have never seen it before. It's not going to be a Sunday roast. This is going to be a MasterChef version of a roast dinner. And we put ourselves under all this kind of pressure. And then I went to buy my turkey, which I don't think I've left it that late, actually. Well, no, to be fair, I bought one in November. But having the Americans staying with us, we celebrated Thanksgiving. And Hannah was like, have you got a turkey? I was like, yes, I've got a turkey. So I went yesterday to buy the turkey. And as to be told, they're not getting any more turkeys in. And I'm like, not gonna have a turkey for Christmas. I mean, it's not like there's a national shortage, is it? Just because Astra have run out of turkeys and they're not getting any more in. There is Tesco, there is Sainsbury's, there is Morrison's, there's the market, there's Lidl, there's Ollie. But for me, in that moment, I'm like, oh, we're gonna have to have pork on Christmas Day. <laughs> but you gotta have turkey. It's dry, it sticks in the back of your throat and to the roof of your mouth, but it's the most wonderful time of the year and it's only wonderful if you've got dry meat stuck in your mouth. We have to have a turkey. Then there's the irrational buying that we do. As to short Christmas Day in Boxing, well, I'm not going there anymore anyway because the shortage of turkeys. I am done. <laughs> Boycotting it. Who runs out of turkeys on the 14th of December? Anyway, wherever you go, Tesco, there's the irrational buying. It's only shut for two days. Two days. And we hoard all this food 
just in case something happens and the whole system crashes and the doors of Asda and Tesco won't open because they are electronically operated and we won't be able to get in for food. We will eat that much food that by the end of it we've gone up a clothes size. I am going to let you into a secret. This is quite some time back and I was pregnant. Shock. Because I spent a lot of my life pregnant. I got stuck behind a table once, right, for eating so much on Boxing Day. And I said to some members of my family, one being my lovely husband, because it was, I mean, if anybody had ever seen my mum's table, because there was a lot of us, right, this table must have seen, I don't know, about 16 people. It was heavy, it was a really old table, you couldn't move it. And I am pregnant, okay? And I'm like, could you just move the table so I can get out? And they laughed at me and they didn't move the table, but we all know there are occasions we could get stuck behind a table over Christmas because of the irrational eating. But it's all the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> the most wonderful time of the year. So what makes it wonderful? I'm not going to tell you today about the Christmas story because I don't want to risk you nodding off. Because once you hear about the Christmas story, you can be like, yeah, okay, someone's invited me here today and I know what's going to happen. I'm going to hear about the stable and the donkey and all of this. And, I'm gonna, and it's, a, it's a very powerful story, but I'm not going to talk about it today because I don't want you nodding off. But I am going to talk about what makes it the most wonderful time of the year. And we're going to leave here so focused around what makes it so wonderful. We're going to walk out completely different to how we walked in. Because when I talk about this thing, it's life-changing. I just quickly want to say a happy birthday to Barry. Because I think you would all agree, unless it's your very first time with us, um, that we're all better off for him, aren't we? We are richer for knowing him. And uh, I know that he serves this house selflessly because we live together and we do it together, don't we? So we know what it takes to run this. And, and so we honour you, Barry, for being who you are. So what are you expecting out of today? Are you expecting it to just be another warm, cosy kind of message around the manger? Or are you turning up expecting something? Because as a church, we believe that God speaks. Every time we gather together, when we're at home and we open the word, however it is that we hear from God, we believe God speaks. So I don't believe for the month of December, he stops because the calendar says we got to talk about the nativity. There is nothing to do with Jesus that isn't powerful. So we shouldn't turn up today and just go, oh yeah, okay, it's Christmas service. We should turn up going, hey, it's a Christmas service. What is today going to be all about? I want to show you some characters on the screen. I was going to lean forward, but I might fall over. And I want you to shout out when you recognize who they are. The first one is this. This is Famous Films for Christmas. Who's that? The Grinch. Firstly, before I progress, how is that even a Christmas film? <laughs> like, some people argue with me over it. I'm cool with that. How is that even a Christmas film? Next one. No, a Christmas film. Miracle on 34th Street. 
Do you know that woman's nearly 30? That girl is nearly 30. Yes. How did that happen? I remember going and seeing that at the cinema when it was out, and they gave us all badges as we went, and it said, I believe. Anyway, that's showing my age. Next one. It's a wonderful life because it's the most wonderful time of the year. Next one. Mm. Christmas with the cranks. Next one. Elf. Next one, one of my faves, this one. White Christmas. Next one. Home Alone. These are some of the most famous Christmas films. And this has made some of those people famous. Macaulay Culkin rose to fame because of Home Alone. And these Christmas editions of things have made these people famous. But I just want to share with you some facts. I googled. I didn't need to Google it. I knew it anyway. But that's not because I'm not trying to show off. But you'll get it when I say it. I googled who is the all-time most famous person ever. Right? I'm not on about like in the... 90s, 80s, noughties, well, I don't know, whatever we're in now. It all got a bit mad when it hit 2000, didn't it? But I Googled it, and I knew. I knew straight away who it would be. I didn't even need to Google it. And sure enough, the most famous person of all time is Jesus Christ. Google says so. <laughs> How many of you turned to Google for your truth? Google says so. Do you know this? Here's some facts. Google says that per month, over 24.9 million people search for Jesus. That is astonishing. A month, not a year, a month. When I read that, I mean, I knew it was going to be Jesus, but I didn't expect that figure. Twen over 24.9 million per month. Why? Because people are intrigued by him. Because he's not just a Christmas film. People are intrigued by this man where they hear about miracles and a birth and a death and a resurrection. People are intrigued by this man and so they are searching. Even if they're trying to disprove him. Why disprove someone you don't believe in? Why disprove somebody who has no power whatsoever? Why is the reason that some people may search because they're trying to disprove? Because within them, they know the truth. Yeah. And it's something that they're battling with because they're trying to understand it with their own mind. But he is miraculous. He is miraculous. The way he arrived on this earth was just miraculous. And people are trying to work it out, and they can't work it out when all they need to do is believe. Yeah. Here's a couple of others. Google says, the number of, of books written about Jesus is incalculable. But at a guess, Google says this. Some 52 million books are circulating the world right now that are in some way about Jesus. 52 million now. Only Now, you could look at that and you could go, okay, well, loads of them will be the Bible. In that 52 million, the Bible is only counted once. So all the others are about Jesus. It's not that the Bible is counted time after time after time. Only one 
of the 25 million copies of the Bible, 25 million copies of the Bible printed every single year count towards that total. 25 million copies of the Bible every year. It's clearly a sellout because they wouldn't need to print more. Let's get the truth that this world is desperate for Jesus and we carry the light of the world within us. So how does today find you? Maybe you're skeptical about church. Maybe you're sat here like, Vicky, I have done it. I, I know all about it. I get it. Maybe you just here because you feel that someone has dragged you. <laughs> Maybe you feel like you've got trouble believing. But I want you to go with me on this journey to the end of me speaking. When I was younger, my mum, <laughs> she might still do it, I don't know, I've been married 20 years, so I don't very regularly go shopping with her now, but as a little girl, we always used to go to the same old fruit and vegetable in the market, didn't we, mum? I can picture it now where we used to go. And before mum bought the grapes, what did you do, mum? Tasted the grapes. <laughs> did you? We kind of think it's not theft, all right? <laughs> But she would taste the grapes as she went around to see what they were like before she bought it. And I do remember thinking on the other occasion, we haven't paid for that. But it was okay. And you know what? The people in the stall knew her and it was all cool. I don't know whether she does it in Asda anymore, but <laughs> but she did taste the grapes. And I, this came to my mind the other day and I was sharing it with Barry and and uh, just, as, just one of those memories, you know those warm memories that just make you laugh about your childhood and things like that. And, and it came to me about the verse in Psalms where it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you're here today and you're really sceptical about all of this and you're like, oh, I'm not so sure. I don't even know how this can be true. That's all right. Lots of people don't. But it's just about believing and saying, I don't understand it all. But I know there is something. I know there is something with this man called Jesus. I know there is something about Christianity. It says to believe in your heart. doesn't say understand with your brain, then believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord. And so this psalm says, taste and see that the Lord is good, or taste and see that God is good. And what I want to say to you, even if you're sat in this place really skeptical about me and thinking, oh, wow, like she's a bit too lively, I want you to just bear with me. I want you to go with me and I want you to have your minds open and your hearts open to taste and see what this message could all be about today. Because I'll tell you, all the people who shot to fame through your Christmas films, they ain't going to give you life. They might do for an hour and a half where it's all cozy and it's all warm and it's all woo most wonderful time of the year. But Jesus Christ, the most famous person of all time will give you life in all its fullness you will never be left needing anything else so if i'm not going to speak on the christmas story today i i want to tell you that i'm speaking on the word us us not as in united states like us that's it the word us that's what i'm going to speak about today but it's a powerful word when I explain to you what I am using this word for. You see, in uh, a famous verse, it's often used in uh, stories of the Bible, it says this, For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. You see, this was 
being, we were being foretold of the promise of the Savior that was going to come. This was, you know, people will tell you that they can tell the future. I tell you this, the only way they can tell you the future is that they have heard from God. And a prophecy is about something that is to come and it will have come from somebody who walks closely with God, who knows God. That's the only way a future thing can be foretold. And so this is what this is. It is a prophecy, a future thing that is going to happen, a promise that is coming. But it says, for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given. It was a personal story. It was a personal event that was going to happen. It wasn't created for books or plays or movies. The only reason why it's in books and plays and movies is because of the gravity of the story and the reality of the story. The sheer mystery of it, the beauty of it, the miracle of it. How could this even be that this child, this son, wasn't given to all the kings of the world and wasn't given to all the priests? He was given to us. He was given to us. It was for us. It was all about us. He could have used divinity. God could have used divinity. But he chose to use humanity. Because it was about us. Because the child was given to us. The word us. For my message today, I have... Put it that it stands for uniquely supernatural. A miracle personal to you, crafted for you. It's supernatural because it's a miracle. And words cannot explain. And words cannot give it the emphasis that it needs to be given. It's supernatural. Your mind can't comprehend it. My mind can't, my mind can't even comprehend the man who created the Xbox. So if I don't get that, or the one who created the cinema, like, if I don't get that, I'm cool with the fact that I don't get all this. But I do know it's real. And when you know it's real, and you move into being connected with God, then everything changes. And it's okay if you doubt. I don't think there's anybody who hasn't had a crisis at some point and had a doubt, and like, when a circumstance hits you, and you're like, God, how can this be? But you just know. There is something in you that you just know. Uniquely supernatural is what I want to talk about today. How many times in life do we plan? When I was a little girl, we used to get one of these. The radio. Is this the TV times? Don't really get the radio times anymore. We never buy one anymore because uh, we have Sky TV Guide. It is nowhere near as good as flicking through this. I am going to turn this because my iPad has just decided to crash. There we go. And we'll sit through this beginning of December, maybe, and we'll begin to highlight. Now, Emma has given me a selection of colours to highlight with. When I was little, we just used to put great big can tell, stars next to what we wanted to watch. But we would sit and we would plan for the month of December... On the four channels we had, everybody, BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, and actually Channel Four came in at a later date. Channel Five, I was quite a lot older when that came in. And we will highlight, I'm going to plan to watch this, and I'm going to plan to watch that. I'll put this one in orange, because this is a really feel-good one. Queen's Speech, I need red for that one, because we never miss the Queen's Speech. 
and we just go through and we just highlight and we just plan what it is that we want. We're not going to plan to watch anything rubbish. We're not going to plan to watch something that's going to scare us. We're not going to plan to... I'm just going to have a little drink of water. We're not going to plan for things we don't like. We're going to plan for the things that make us feel good. We're going to plan for the things that are going to take us where we believe we should be. And that's all right. We all do that. But what about when something comes our way that we haven't planned for? I know many people this year are facing Christmas with an empty chair that at the beginning of the year they didn't know would be empty. I know many people are facing loss of jobs. You don't plan for things like that. You don't plan for the death of a loved one. You don't plan for the darkness of depression. You don't plan for lack of finance. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be financially prudent, everybody, by the way. We don't plan for stress. We don't plan for loneliness. Because, you see, in here, anything that's about that, we'll skip. We'll just plan for the good stuff. A child was given to us in a uniquely supernatural way. Because God had a plan. So that when the tough times hit, he's got us. He's got us. A child was given to us. A son was given to us. In a uniquely supernatural way. Because here's the thing. When the things arrive that we don't plan for, and there's an empty chair by the fireplace, or the bank is saying something different to what you'd planned for, or you get a letter through the post about redundancy. When you know Jesus, he's with you all the way. He's with you all the way. He's not somebody that you need to run and think, oh my gosh, I need to get this out of my cupboard because I need this provision for this. No, he's with you all the way. And you can walk through circumstances that to everybody else seem chaotic. To everybody else seem devastating. And although to you it feels devastating, you can walk through with a peace. And with answers that can have only come from one place. The fact that the son was given to us. I want to read some verses out of Isaiah. Where these verses of the child being given to us come from. And it starts in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. I'm going to read verse 1 to 4. It says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a great time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. These verses are talking about what has preceded. If you go back and read previous to chapter 9, it's really tough times. They're going through really difficult times. And what it's saying is, it won't last forever. Because here comes the prophecy of what is to come. The people who walk in darkness 
will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. This is the prophecy of the coming of Jesus. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. So what it's saying is, although you feel like this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to rejoice. There's going to be light in your darkness. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. Jesus came not to make a really lovely nativity scene. He came for us to have light in our darkness. He came so that the heavy burden of depression and when we feel like we are chained as a slave to something, he came for it to be broken. Not for us to still walk in that and live in that and once a year sit and look at the nativity and go, the miracle of the birth. No, no, he came to be a light in the darkness. That's what he came for. You don't need to live in darkness any longer. Maybe you're here and you're like, okay, I do believe in Jesus, but I've never done anything with it. I don't even know what to do with it, Vicky. And by the end of this, we're going to tell you. You're going to know what to do. Maybe you are and you're like, I've, I've given my life to Jesus many years ago, Vicky, but I still feel like I'm living in darkness. I want to tell you today. It's funny, Barry, spoke, Barry didn't know I was speaking on this. But he talked about the light. There is a light. And there is an answer. And his name is Jesus. And he will use any vehicle needed to get the answer to you. Only believe. Today, the vehicle is me. Vicky Cross from Warrington. 44 years old, makes loads of mistakes. But I just said yes to Jesus. And I committed my heart to telling other people about him because of what he'd done for me. You do not need to live in darkness any longer. The answer is on its way right now. The very fact that you are sat here today is the answer. It's the answer. Picking it up in verse 6, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. This moment, it was when heaven and earth collided in a uniquely supernatural way. Because he didn't use divinity, he used humanity. God chose to use humanity with something heavenly. Where God came to earth. You know, some people may not get the God, the Father, God, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. I want to make it dead easy. Okay, you're like, how can God be everything? It's the Spirit of God that came to earth. It needed a body to walk around people. And then when Jesus went up, he said, the Spirit, I'm leaving with you. You know, ice is the essence of water. Steam is the essence of water. Then you've got water. It's God in many different, in these different ways. This is when heaven and earth collided and something heavenly, God's spirit, hit earth. And he used humanity. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. 
It says the government will rest on his shoulders. The final say on things is the Lord's. It's funny that that's the reading with how this week has been. Me and Barry always say we don't advise people on who you vote for, but you vote with your conscience. You pray about it and let God direct what you should be doing. But no matter who got into power and who didn't get into power and who's lost the seats and all of that, I think, what must God be thinking? Because this child, who is God in the flesh, the government will rest on his shoulders. The final say on things, the authority of this world and the end of it, because there's an end coming, guys. And, and we've recently had the teaching on, on the end times and the second coming and, and all of that. And if you missed it, well, I don't know, maybe Pastor Tina will do it again for you, but I'm telling you, the end's coming. And the signs, the speeding up, the speeding up, the speeding up till the end. And he has the final authority on what takes place in this world and when this world ends. God the Father knows. It says, and he will be called wonderful. Wonders would surround him always. From the moment he was born in the manger, wonders would always surround him. That's why people search him so much. Because wonder always surrounds him. His birth, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, not to mention all his miracles were filled with wonder. Then it says counsellor, the wise counsellor, the one that will give wisdom surrounding our welfare. To be our personal, present wisdom. He says, this child will be your counsellor. He'll be wonderful. And he'll be your counsellor. Some people put it together and say, wonderful counsellor. A wonder and a miracle of a counsellor. Wisdom from, for our lives from the very one who created us. You can't get wisdom like that anywhere else. But the child that was given to us. Then it says, mighty God, he has the strength and power to undertake every single thing we need. That's why the child was given to us in a uniquely supernatural way because it was a personal thing. Mighty God, everything we have need of, we don't have to try and muster the strength up. We just need to look to him and say, strength be that song. that I know it actually wasn't a Christmas song, but the words to that, you know, about being deeply and fully known and deeply loved. But it was talking about this strength. It's like, it's all right when I'm weak because you're strong. This is why the gift of the child that was given to us needs to be received so that when you walk, you walk with him always. That you keep him close because he's there with you. Everlasting Father. Father God in the flesh. He knows the end and he knows the beginning. He knows where you've been and he knows where you're going. That's why this wonderful counsellor. You'll never get anywhere else because nobody else knows where you've been and nobody else knows where you're going. But he does. Everlasting Father. He is unfailing. He's the father of eternity and he's the author of eternal life. He is the author of eternal life. God's great plan 
for eternal life was Jesus Christ. And he wrote it out. He wrote out salvation. He crafted out salvation, even at the great cost. He knew when this child came, it would cost him dearly. But he's the author of eternal life. Prince of peace. As king of kings, he preserves the peace. As king of kings, he commands peace. When we don't have peace in our lives, we're not giving him room to command the peace. We're not giving him room to move in who he is as king of kings. He creates peace. He commands peace. He's the preserver of peace. This peace is for the present and the future, given in a uniquely supernatural way to us. His wonder, wisdom and counsel, strength and power are unfailing. It says it's his government and its peace will never end. Well, praise the Lord. Because we all need a peaceful government. One where we're not tossed around by what we need to do and what we need to know. Because we're walking in a uniquely supernatural way with the child that was given to us with all wisdom, our counsellor, our prince of peace, the one who was the author of eternity. It says his government and its peace will never end. He's not going to abdicate. I don't even know whether the prime minister does that. He doesn't. That's the queen. But anyway, he's king of kings, so we'll go with abdicate. He's not going to abdicate. He's not going to leave you guessing what's going to happen next. If you're not aware of what's going to happen next, that's okay. That's his priority and that's his privilege. And he'll lead you as long as you follow. And he'll lead you into the best possible way. His government will be large. It will endure all things. His power and his government is certain and unshakable. There is no limit to it. He isn't going to make you a promise about what he's going to do in the hopes you'll follow him and then pull it out because he runs out of resources or go, actually, that was just for the vote. No, he's saying, I will be all these things to you forever. Until that day when you see me face to face and I say, well done, good and faithful servant, There's no end to it. He rules by love. He rules in people's hearts. And wherever he is, his peace will be. It says he will rule with fairness and justice from the the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. He manages things well. The right thing will always be done. It's not our place to have to run around and seek vengeance. It's not our place to judge what they're doing and judge what they're doing and go, actually, you've really hurt me, so we're done. Never going to trust you again. Never going to speak to you again. We're done. Deleting you off Facebook, unfollowing you on Instagram. Boom. Justice will be done, but he knows best. And yes, he rules with justice, but he rules with fairness too. And that's why we need to leave it in his hands. We need to leave it in his hands with the love that he has living within us. And then it says, the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's army will make this happen. All of this that's been talked about, that he's wonderful, counselor, mighty God, 
Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. All of these things, it says this, the passionate commitment. Do you know he's passionately committed to you? He's passionately committing to me. Like the little song said, even when you get it all wrong, he is passionately committed to you. I absolutely love my, my, my family. I would die for my family. I would say I am passionately committed to them. But there are days they knock me off. <laughs> and when they do, I'll probably just go a bit quiet with them. And Barry knows. It's <laughs> like, I know you're being funny. <laughs> and I'll just withdraw myself. And I'll just say, but I'm passionately committed to them. But he is the perfect one. He is passionately committed to you. Don't, I don't want to use the word judge. Don't, I might have to. Don't judge, I'm going to use judge. (laughs) Don't judge him by how other people have let you down. He is the perfect one uniquely supernatural, this child that was given to us. The passionate commitment, that means never-ending commitment to us. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies. That all make, always makes me go, whoa, there's some power in that. The Lord of heaven's armies are on our side We exhaust ourselves trying to be the counsellor and trying to be wonderful and trying to be wise and trying to be this and trying to be that and we're exhausting ourselves when the Lord of Heaven's armies is on our side and the perfect one was given to us. People seek out spiritual connection or wonder about spiritual things because we were created spiritual at the core. And this world is searching They're searching for that thing to be filled within them. If you're you're here today and you don't believe, I just want to go with me, a bit like the grapes. Taste and see, okay? There's a possibility that the fact that you're here is because you're intrigued. You might think you're here for somebody else, but I know plenty of people who've, you know, turned up to places and someone hasn't gone with them because they don't agree with it. If you're here and you're like, I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe. Just taste and think. Maybe I'm intrigued. Maybe I'm intrigued. At the core, we are spiritual. And we are searching for where we belong. And we don't need to search. Because a child was given to us. A son was given to us. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that there's a purpose. An abundant life, a life of peace, was supernaturally given to us in a unique way. A bespoke plan, is it bespoke? Bespoke? Where it's made just for you. And you think, how? Because he made it for all of us. But he knows you. And he knows me. And he knows the things that you didn't plan for that you're having to face. And he knows where you feel you're inadequate. And he knows where you feel overwhelmed. The child was given to us. 
in the darkness, a great light will shine. And his name is Jesus. And that's why he's known Jesus Christ, light of the world. And if you allow him to shine in your life, the darkness will go. Challenges will be there. Things will happen. But the darkness will go because the darkness can't exist where he is. It can't exist. Taste and see that God is good. Everything was given to us. Everything. Everything we have need of. So what do we do now? Because it's not just enough to know it. I know it's something that's often used at Christmas, this. But if I give you a gift and you pop it on the seat next to you, you're never going to enjoy the gift. It requires something. It requires that moment where you say, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I do, I believe. I believe and I need you to dispel the darkness. Jesus, I need your peace. Jesus, I need your joy. Jesus, I need to see those miracles. And as the worship team are just getting ready, I want to help you with a way to connect. We often do appeals in the church and we'll finish with one. But I'm aware that sometimes maybe people don't always put their hand up for prayer and you actually feel like you do. Well, on your seats are these. They were meant to be a third of the size of this, but maybe you really need to know about Jesus and the printer made them bigger. (laughs) They're very big. Showed them to my mum yesterday. She was like, well, people will see them. It's different to what we normally have on our seats. But here's the thing. I'm going with the fact that it's going to stand out to you. Because I want you to go away today and in some way, whatever you feel led to do, you have connected with Jesus. If you've never done it before, Barry in a moment is going to get up and he is going to lead us in an appeal for salvation. An appeal is just where you acknowledge and say, I believe in Jesus and I just want to make this commitment and then we will just say a prayer all together. Nothing embarrassing. You don't have to come out and then afterwards, Carol, who's in the red t-shirt at the back with the four points on, she's going to give you a Bible and some stuff. But maybe you just want to know more about it at the moment. And that's good. And so it says here, want to know more. I can read this without my glasses, it's that big. Put your name below and tick anything you want to know more about. You also need to put your telephone number on it so we can make contact with you. Do you want to know more about the Christian faith? What is this Christianity? I turn up every week and I'm not quite sure what it is. I could do with somebody explaining it to me. I want to know who Jesus is. Actually, I'm going to find out from here. I'm going to find out from people who actually know Jesus because I'm not sure Google always does. I want to know more about living a new life because I don't want to live like this any longer. And I want to know more about baptism and baptism is when you have given your life to Jesus and asked God into your life and we can explain that to you. So I want you to fill that in and at the back, Ian is, or one of the host team is going to be stood with a bucket. If it doesn't fit in the bucket because it's so big, we'll fold it in half, pop it in the bucket and we'll be in touch. But don't walk out of here without making the commitment. A child was given, a saviour was given of all the world the most famous person to ever live was given to you in a uniquely supernatural way 
tailored for just where you are and just what you need. Amen.